Hello and welcome back to the Money Lines and Throwing Dimes podcast with Matthew Winnick and Josh Ferris. How's it going this week, Josh? It's going pretty well. Very excited for episode three and getting ready to sit on my ass on Sunday. Yeah, so this is going to be a real interesting schedule where normally the one o'clock and four o'clock games are not very even. But this week they are insanely even, so I hope you have your 4 to 7.30 booked as much as your 1 to 4.30. That is very true. I, I just looked at the sketch for the week. There's a lot of 4 405 games when there's usually only one, and the 425 games there's usually 2 to 3, but... Yeah, let's, let's go uh, shout out the uh, schedule makers of the NFL. I don't know who they are. Fun fact, I mean, you probably knew this, but I don't know for a fact that you did. The old schedule maker for the NBA, his name was Matthew Winnick. Wow, I think I, I did know that. I'm sure you knew that. We were talking about the time that someone named Matthew Winnick DM'd you on Instagram. Yes, Matt Winnick DM'd yeah. me and said, hey, you're the most popular Matthew Winnick. And I was like, yeah, that's true. But there's also the a former scheduling director who kind of stayed low on social media. That's why I took the social media crown of Matthew Winnick. I'm just waiting to find another Josh Ferris in the world. Hey, I mean, over the course of your lifetime, you might find one. Name your kid, Josh Ferris Jr., and then you've got one. And Buccaneers Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Buccaneers Panthers is going to be an interesting one, mostly because the Buccaneers absolutely stank the bed last week against the New Orleans Saints. They lost thirty-eight to three, and it was probably less close than even the score. The Panthers, meanwhile, came within two points of the defending NFL champion Kansas City Chiefs, and they're at home, and they're also missing their best player. That goes against my point. I was going to try to hype up the Panthers just for us to eventually take them down. I did pick up Miles Davis. Mar- or, Mike Davis. Mike Davis. You picked up Mike Davis. He was on the wire. Yeah. They are going to have a really him. good week with him. Hopefully. Because he is an absolute beast. He's basically Christian McCaffrey. He's Christian. Obviously, considering I didn't know his name. Right. So I had him for the first eight weeks of the season when McCaffrey was out. He's a beast. He will get you some receptions. He'll get you some receiving yards. He's facing a really good defense in Tampa Bay, but if you have Mike Davis on your waiver wire, you got to grab him. I unfortunately don't have him on any waiver wires because I, I have smarter leagues apparently, but that's a good move for you. Uh, yeah, and Tom Brady, after probably the worst game of his career, apparently one of them commentators. Do you think he bounces back this week? How do you how do you feel about their chances? So the thing is, it's like. The Buccaneers should beat the Panthers, and the Panthers have really struggled as of late. I believe they've lost four in a row. They've lost four in a row, but they haven't been bad losses. You know, a tough loss of the Falcons, a tough loss of the Saints. They've been within one possession of their last four games. So the question is, how do the Buccaneers bounce back? And honestly, they're due for a statement game. They're talented enough to win this game pretty easily, but I don't think it'll be easy. I think the trend of one possession games stay, and the line's at minus six. I don't really think it gets there. Yeah, I think it's a lot closer than than six, and I think the 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 fifty point five total is fair. Yeah, it's fair, and I wouldn't necessarily call an over and under nah, there it's a little on that tight. game. But uh, I do think it'll be a good one, not necessarily one that I have strong feelings on one side or the other. I do think it'll be close though. Yeah, and you can look for uh, Mike Evans to have a better game. Yeah, Mike Evans should have a better game, but, but it's tough to depend on any of these receivers when you have three elite receivers in Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, and Mike Evans, plus some solid ones uh, on in the slot like Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson, not to mention their tight ends, Cameron Brayton, Rob Gronkowski, or their running backs, Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones. Like, 
It's the tough to expect one of these receivers or running backs to be dominant because there's so many options to choose from. The talent is definitely there, and we'll have to see how the Bucks perform on offense and defense this week. Absolutely. Browns-Texans, total at 46. Browns are favored by three. I think the total is quite low. I agree with you. The total is quite low. The Browns haven't been great offensively since Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt. Only six points against the Raiders. And then when he did get hurt, 34 against the Bengals, but he got hurt halfway through that one. They did have a great second half, though, after he they was They did have a good second half when he was injured. Baker Mayfield was on absolute fire. And the only game they had their bye, so the only game they faced, they've played since, was against the Raiders. And I don't know if you watched that one, but it was an absolute mm-hmm. snow fest. The, 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 yeah. wind, the wind was insane, and they I couldn't w- even kick the ball. I wouldn't necessarily blame that on, exactly. on poor offense. Maybe, maybe it was a little bit, but it was definitely poor so weather. So this is the first game that Baker Mayfield's played without Odell since that amazing second half against the Bengals, mm-hmm. and it's against an equally bad defense in the Texans. Not to mention the Texans have a solid offense led by a, a great three-receiver set in Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, and Randall Cobb. So they are missing David Johnson, their lead running back, but Duke Johnson is a much better pass-catching running back, which means that expect even fewer runs from the Texans, more passing, more big plays, and the 46 is extremely low to me. Yeah, I, I would see it getting blown out of the water. I do think think that the Browns should be favored by more coming off of that bye week. Baker was injured for a little bit. He had a rib issue or some bruising yeah. in his upper body. And I feel like the extra week of, of time off will definitely help him. I actually picked him up for my team. Not a bad uh, idea, this especially week. this week against the Texans. And he's going to get an extra week to get more rapport with those extra receivers, whether it's Rashad Higgins, uh, Kaderil Hodge, or Donovan Peoples-Jones. He has some opportunities to you know, acclimate himself to people not named Jarvis Landry, who should probably have a pretty big game mm-hmm. this week. And yeah, on both sides should be a fun up-and-down game. And don't forget, the Browns have Nick Chubb back this week, so it's now the two-headed monster backfield, probably the best backfield combination in the league in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Would you put KC up there? Kansas City's up there with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Le'Veon Bell, but I've seen this year Hunt and Chubb have both proven it to me. Maybe not this year with Chubb because of the injury, but for Bell, Le'Veon Bell, it's been a couple of weeks, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire is just a rookie, so I would probably lean Browns, but that's probably the top two teams in terms of running back pairings. Mm -hmm. Tampa Bay could also be up there. Tampa Bay's up there as well. Leonard Fournette has had an up-and-down career, Mm -hmm. and Ronald Jones is improving. The Texans as well, but... There are a lot yeah, of good running back pairs. Yeah, I would yeah. still go Browns number one, but there are definitely some competitors. Yeah, I wouldn't put Texans on that level of the Browns. Um, Washington football team, Detroit Lions, probably a game that I'm not looking to watch. Uh, there aren't even totals or yeah, averages. That normally yet. means that there's a lot of deviation going on, and that is the case with the Lions who have struggled with COVID recently and injuries. Um, Matt Stafford has was injured and has not been you know, let know whether he's going to be playing this week. He's been practicing, so you imagine he's going to play, but he's going to be without Kenny Galladay, his leading receiver, once again. And he's going to be facing a team in the Washington football team who lost a pretty tough one at home to the Giants last week. And this one is in Detroit. Um, I think uh, I would go Detroit on this one. Detroit makes sense, but on the other hand, both of these teams have been struggling. With, with Matt Stafford, should he be starting? They have a much more explosive offense. Alex Smith is the quarterback for Washington, and he is not necessarily what they call a ball mover. He kind of just chucks it down to his running backs. 
if you have Antonio Gibson or J.D. McKissick, start them both because Alex Smith is the checkdown king, and they're two very good checkdown backs. I traded Antonio Gibson for some picks, not complaining about that because didn't think he, I was going to keep him anyway. Yeah. Um, but this isn't a game that I would put on my 1 o'clock highlight reel. Um this is the, or, I mean, then or again, a game the, to even be interested on betting on. There's only five one o'clock games, yeah. so you might have to, by default, check out check it out for a couple minutes. But out of the five, this is probably the one that I care about the least. It's a good point. Jacksonville versus uh, Green Bay, another one where I don't think it's going to be close. Uh, Green Bay is probably going to be one of the teams I'm looking at for the keeper. Um, Steelers almost lost last week for my yeah, keeper. That was a um, tough one. We'll get to that in a minute. And. Uh, I think it's hard to see uh, the Packers losing this one, although I did pick up uh, some of the Jaguars Jaguars uh, receivers. Keelan Cole, LaVisca Chanel. I got LaVisca Chanel. And then he got hurt, he right? He is questionable. So I was thinking about dropping him, um, but you mentioned a possible keeper if he starts going off. He is a very um, promising rookie. Yeah, and then I got... Uh, DJ Chark? Yes. DJ Chark had a... Solid connection with Trevor Luton last week, making his first career NFL start. I saw that big catch. It was yeah. actually a, a more interesting game than I expected. Yeah, good game. And Luton is definitely a lot different than Gardner Minshew, where Minshew is more accurate, a little more athletic, versus Luton is going to try to chuck the ball deep and, and frankly did a decent job against the Texans now. With that being said, it was the Texans. And the Packers are a different beast, but they have one of the five best cornerbacks in the NFL in Jair Alexander. He's not playing. So DJ Chark, as the number one receiver for the for the Jaguars, should get some looks. And the Jaguars are going to look to throw the ball, check it down to James Robinson. Their offense is relatively explosive, but also so is the Packers. And you imagine them winning this game relatively easily. The line at 13 is the biggest of the week. And so it's a tough one to go with the cover. But at home, the Packers, if they had a full healthy team with their best cornerback on the floor on the field, I would go plus minus thirteen. But I'm not sure if I'd get there right now. I'm going to take the Packers as well. I think the total is pretty fair. Um, I think thirteen is a decent amount for um, a team that isn't really proven in the Jaguars and a defense that isn't really proven with Green Bay. Right. I I agree with you. I think it's a tough one, but. Mm -hmm. Fantasy-wise, it should be good because the Jaguars' defense is the worst in the NFL. They basically have a bunch of nobodies and no-names and C.J. Henderson, who's decent at cornerback. But DeMonte Adams should go absolutely off. Aaron Rodgers should have a strong game. And Aaron Jones, believe me, Aaron Jones' faithful fantasy owners, such as myself, the injuries have been an issue for a little while. Last week was a question mark, but this week against the Jaguars should be a dominant performance because not only should they be up early, but the Jaguars can't defend the pass or the run. Alan Lazard owners, he's been out since week two after that monster game with a touchdown and over 100 yards. He's probably going to come back this week and he might have a huge game. So on both sides, sort of throw up those Packers players and Jaguars players and give them a go this week because this should be a high scorer. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. And uh, the 1 o'clock games, I'm just looking through them right now. They're not looking too hot. Uh, Eagles, Giants could be a fun one to watch. But yeah, but more of not, like a fun one to watch in a bad way. Yeah, Like how is Daniel Jones going to chip over his own feet this time? And yeah. how many times is Carson Wentz going to get sacked and throw interceptions? I'm looking to laugh. So uh, I'm, I'm actually more excited for this Eagles-Giants game than 
than some people that appreciate good football are. So here's the problem. I think the Giants have a good chance in this game because Wentz has been so bad and there are injuries all over the field for the Eagles. But this week was slim pickings for defenses. And so it happens that all three of my teams have the Eagles defense. So it's like, I think the Giants are going to win, but I'm trying to will myself to think that the Eagles will win because that would mean my defense has a good showing. So I'm, I, I don't know where to go with this one because... The Eagles do get Miles Sanders, their best running back, in return. He's returning this week, so that's solid. And Travis Fulgham has been great. Alshon Jeffrey might make his season debut. But Daniel Jones has been pretty good recently. And Devontae Freeman's been out, but Wayne Gallman's been a solid running back. And the receiving core for the Giants is way better than the Eagles with Darius Slayton plus uh, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate if he returns, and Austin Mack, who had a touchdown last week. The big matchup, though, is, and this is my favorite, the Eagles' best cornerback is named Darius Slay, and the Giants' best receiver is named Darius Slayton. So it's like Darius Slay versus Darius Slayton. I really like Battle that. Battle of the Dariuses. Darius Slays. So uh, which which game do you think you'll have on primarily? I, I think I think the, the Browns-Texans yeah. is going to be the best. Followed by probably the Buccaneers Panthers, although I care about this. Right. Teams so normally I go normally I go fantasy forward. So I'll probably have the Houston Texans and Cleveland Browns along with the Jaguars and Packers as my two games, mm-hmm. with the Eagles and Giants and Buccaneers Panthers in the background. And then yeah, no no Washington Detroit for me. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be interested in those. Now let's move on to the 405 yeah, games. Yeah, six of them. So they actually beat out the one o'clockers this week. Yeah, so we have the Chargers versus the Dolphins. Total is 48, and Dolphins are favored by two. I'm probably going to go a relatively easy over on this. I've become a fan of the Miami Dolphins offense, so much so that I think that they're going to be one of the better units for the rest of the season. And obviously, this podcast listeners know my love for Justin Herbert. He's on my team. He's just an absolute beast. I have two of his receivers. I'm basically so pro-Chargers offense, and I'm also becoming pro-Dolphins offense. So to me, this is a game that's going to go over. The Dolphins probably win. They're at home, and they've been playing better recently, and the Chargers can't close out games. But you can't tell me this isn't going to be close, and it isn't going to be high scoring between two of the best rookie quarterbacks to come out in the past five years. Yeah, and uh, that Dolphins-Cardinals game last week was awesome. awesome. The Cardinals, for the last two games, have had the most entertaining game of the week. We got the next. Um and I'm going to go for a huge over. Not even going to guess who wins this one. Uh, I think it'll just be a shootout. Uh, I, I think Miami might have a better chance because they just really know how to close out the games, just like clearly by their record alone. Right. Um, whereas um, the Chargers have been blowing leads, uh, which is kind of unfortunate for the play of Justin Herbert. Yeah, and the other thing to think about too is the Dolphins have had a, a, a spe- a defensive score in two straight games and adding on a special team score so that's three total defensive and special team scores and they're facing a team with a rookie quarterback and a rookie running back so the turnover potential is high and so especially if you're looking at the over the chances of a Miami touchdown defensively are also high enough that the 48 is low I think that the over makes sense there mm-hmm. and speaking of the over Speaking Woo! of the over, the highest over of the week is awarded to the Bills versus the Cardinals. Cardinals at home, favored by two and a half. Shootout is how I predict this yeah, game. Yeah, here's the thing. It's going to be a shootout, but the, uh, the the over reflects that. Like, that's a really high over. But yeah. then again, neither of these teams can play defense, 
and they have two of the most stat-padding, offensively gifted quarterbacks in the league that just chuck it and make big play after big play. In fact, probably the second and third best big play quarterbacks outside of, of course, Patrick Mahomes. I'm definitely a huge fan of both of these quarterbacks. They're just so much fun to watch. Uh, you want to turn on their games. When when Josh Allen is on, he's really on. Yeah. And Kyler Murray just brings every week, um, despite his height. That's what I, I, I kind of appreciate it. A good short football right. player just reflects my height. So for this game, I don't know if I would go in the over-under, but I, I, I feel fairly confident that the Cardinals eke this one out. Um, our colleague, let's say, Jeremy Penn, is very confident in the Bills this week. For yeah. some reason, I don't see it. Like, traveling on the road, cross-country, from literally cross-country, mm-hmm. Buffalo to Phoenix, then going on and taking on a Cardinals team that is so explosive offensively with the Bills not showing much defensive prowess this year, I just don't see... The Cardinals really need this game because they can't fall behind in this elite division, whereas the Bills have a solid lead over the Dolphins in the AFC East. The Cardinals are going to play with desperation, and I have the Cardinals taking this game. The Cardinals, um, they they really lost a heartbreaker Yeah, last week. Um, I don't I don't really know how they bounce back here. Like uh, the the Bills, they beat the Seahawks, I believe. The Bills beat the Seahawks, and the Cardinals um, lost to the Dolphins. But also, yeah, the, the Cardinals had just beat beaten the, the Seahawks, Seahawks, Seahawks two weeks ago. Weeks. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be really interesting. So you're not I, calling anything specifically here. You're I, not willing to pick a winner here. I can say that the total will be over fifty six. You think the total is gonna be over fifty? That that's a lot. That's like twenty eight aside. Yeah, I think I I expect a lot of points in this game. All right. You if you get a, a 24, 34 kind of game, right? That's, that's, that's true. Over. But it's still getting at least one team to thirty points and the other team very close. It's a lot of points. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of points. So we'll have to see. Yeah. Uh, Broncos versus Las Vegas. I feel like the Raiders have a. A solid momentum going where they're discovering their identity it was kind of forced on them in the browns game because of the weather but then they they brought it back in the chargers game where they are a run first team they have three solid running backs who all provide very different things and darren waller is an amazing pass catching tight end henry ruggs hunter renfro nelson aguilar are solid deep threats and Derek carr knows how to play within himself the defense is doing just enough to win and frankly it's tough to to believe in Drew Locke, even though he's had some up-and-down performances recently. They almost beat the Falcons, but they didn't. They came up just short in the end, and the Raiders are the team that I have in this one. The four and a half, the four points is fair, but in terms of straight money line, I'm going Raiders. Yeah, I, I have uh, the Raiders kicker, so I'm just hoping that they're they're playing good, but not Daniel Carlson. Good. Yeah. Carlson's a very good kicker, yeah, and, yeah. and that's the question. is when, What do you look for and a fantasy kicker because there's so many different ways to think about it. Like on one hand, you want a high-scoring offense because they're going to be on the opposite side of the field more often. But if the offense is too high-scoring, then you only get extra points and not field goals. So then you kind of want an offense that's good at getting yards but bad in the red zone, which means there's specific quarterbacks you don't want. Like Justin Herbert and Josh Allen are two of the best red zone quarterbacks, so you don't want their kickers. But then the Raiders aren't a very good red zone offense. Bass went off a couple weeks right, ago. Right, Bass went off a couple weeks ago. And I have Bass in one of my leagues. But the thinking would be you want high-scoring offenses with bad red zone uh, red, red zone conversion rates of touchdowns. With that I, being said... I think Derek Carr is the definition of an average quarterback. Right. Average starting quarterback. Yeah, and with that, with that being said, the Raiders kicker is a good idea because the Raiders play in a dome. 
and the kicking is easier. And then when they play in Denver, the mile high city, the ball travels further. And then that's and then you play Los Angeles. You're in Los Angeles. The weather's nice. And then you just got to have to deal with Kansas City. So it's a good division to have a kicker in. And Cincinnati Bengals, Pittsburgh Steelers. Interesting to see how you almost want to say bounce back for the Steelers despite yeah. the win. Um, and it feels like the Bengals haven't played in forever. They only had one week off, but they have been in some high-scoring affairs recently. Then again, the one game where they struggled immensely this season was division rival Baltimore Ravens, where they lost 27-3, to and the offense looked like a high school offense. They haven't played a team as good as the Steelers since the Ravens, and this, honestly, I'm hearing, I'm hearing a lot of hype around Joe Burrow recently. Mm-hmm. ESPN, um, Bart Scott and Rob Ninkovich, who are two all-pro linebackers, went on ESPN and said that Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in the NFL under 25. That list includes Tua. It includes Justin Herbert. It includes Kyler Murray. It includes Lamar Jackson. And it includes Josh Allen. And they chose two of them, chose Joe Burrow. How old I is want Patrick to, Mahomes? Mahomes is 26. Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson is 26. I want to see Joe Burrow go on the road, play Pittsburgh, a great defense, and do well. And if he does, I'm willing to put him in that standing. But I need to see it because I didn't see it at all against Baltimore. This is a good Pittsburgh Steelers defense, and you you have to wonder how they deal with their COVID scare from this week. And you have to wonder how they bounce back from that scary win in Dallas. That was a – it's a – Bad Dallas Cowboys Yeah, but team. it's they're so bad that it's easy to just be like, okay, let's look forward to the next week. And the fact that they were able to wake out of their, their sleepwalking of a game and get the job done, I think, might be more of a positive than people are letting on to believe. Like, yeah, they were bad for most of that game, but the fact that they they ruffled up their sleeve, they pulled up their sleeve and they got the job done, I think, means a lot in the grand scheme of things. I just am so interested to see how Joe Burrow, with his multitude of weapons on offense— fares against the Steelers defense. I don't care if they win or lose, but I'm so interested to see how Joe Burrow does. This is a big test. That's definitely interesting. I also have T. Higgins. Uh, I, I'm really hoping that he can uh, start to go off. I think he's really young. He might really be your electric. third keeper. Yeah, I was I was really concerned Will Fuller before I traded him, but um, obviously not too big a football guy before this season. I just heard about his injuries so often. He had injuries, and, and also he's a little older than T. Higgins, yeah. who was a rookie and was really, really good at Clemson. And yeah. he has the chance, especially with A.J. Green getting less and less playing time as a veteran on a team that isn't winning much, T. Higgins has a chance to really cement himself as one of the better receivers in the league over the next seven to eight weeks. Yeah, so T. Higgins is definitely one of those guys who aren't going to be traded uh, from my team, despite our trade deadline coming up. Um, And then another massive over, uh, Seattle Seahawks, L.A. Rams. A little NFC divisional battle. It it should be a good game. I haven't watched a ton of Rams football this year, Mm -hmm. but the the Rams are a bad matchup for the Seahawks. Like, they have good corners, which basically takes away the Seahawks' major advantage, which is the fact that they have the best one-two receiver pairing in the NFL in DJ, DJ DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. DJ Outs- Dallas, though. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Star Out- running back. Outside of those two, they don't have any other solid receivers. Their tight ends are below average. And their running game has been pretty bad since Chris Carson left. Like DJ Dallas has been scoring touchdowns, but he hasn't been doing them on high yardage or with efficiency. So if the Rams, with Jalen Ramsey and the, and the rest of the guys there, are able to do a decent job on Metcalf and Lockett, the Rams at home might take this. 
I'm honestly shocked about how how high this over is. Like it could go over, but I, I just expect it to to be under. But it's the Seahawks' defense. They've allowed 24 points in every game this season. Like, they're going to allow fair. like the Seahawks have allowed 44, 27, 37, 26, 23, 31, 30, and 25. So 23 is the least amount they allowed, and it was against the Ryan Fitzpatrick Dolphins. After the Seahawks last couple of weeks, do you do you see them as a Super Bowl threat? Well, when you have a top two quarterback and a top one receiver pairing, you have to always be in consideration. But they've got to step up defensively. And against the Rams, I don't see it happening. Sean McVay is too smart of a coach, and they're going to run too solid of a play book to take that. I think the Rams take this game. Yeah, it's totally possible. I I just remember when Seattle won their championship, maybe 2011, uh, 12, probably. They won a couple of championships, yeah. Yeah, or in the 2010s. 2012 was their big one, I think. Yeah, yeah, when uh, they just had that elite defense. That's all that was talked about. Legion of Boom. Yeah. It'll be interesting how uh, Seattle plays this one um, and see if they can really just outscore the Rams. Essentially. Um, 49ers, Saints. I want to talk about Drew Brees. You want to talk about Drew Brees? Yeah. He, Give it to me. Because he went off, and there's a lot of talk about Drew Brees' arm. And he, last week, he looked really good. He looked me. good. He played well, and he took advantage of the Buccaneers. But the more I sat and thought about how that game happened, schematically it made sense because... Mm-hmm. The Buccaneers are a team that doesn't have a lot of physical linebackers, but what they have defensively is elite speed at every position. Defensive ends, linebackers, speed, speed, speed. But what Breeze did was he just used their aggressiveness against them. Mm -hmm. Quick pass, quick pass, quick pass. The Buccaneers are great at getting to the quarterback, and Drew Breeze, because he can't throw the ball deep, had to get the ball out so quick, and it just never allowed the Buccaneers to get close to him, and he just took advantage of that over and over again. Now, offense, defense is another side of the story, but... Obviously, Tom Brady was horrible. Right, but, but for the... the Breeze had a perfect game plan to beat this Buccaneers mm-hmm. defense, and he's done it twice this year. The thing is, he's facing a 49ers defense who is so limited. They've had so many injuries, and their offense... Mm-hmm. So many injuries. Debo Samuel, their best receiver, is out. Raheem Mostert, their best running back, is out. Like their George Kittle, their George best Kittle, their best tight end, is out. So and Jimmy Garoppolo, their starting, maybe not best, but starting quarterback, is <laughs> out. So going on the road to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, facing the Saints, who came off of a massive win, I don't know if this goes not to the nine points just because of the level of competition, but it should probably be a Saints victory. I like Brandon Ayuk. Is, is that how I pronounce it? Brandon him? Ayuk. Yeah, interesting yeah. fact. He actually has the longest wingspan of any receiver in the NFL. Wow. I, I watched a couple of his catches, and he looked really good. This is why he is such makes such difficult catches, because his arms are massive. Yeah. Um, so so do you think Drew Brees could, could look better than uh, his body indicates? I don't think that we're going to see a consistent dominant effort from Drew Brees, mm-hmm. and I think inevitably he will be what holds them back from serious contention. But I think it's nice, you know, week by week to see him mm-hmm. succeed. I just don't think it's going to be a consistent thing. Yeah, yeah, and you dissecting the game plan that he delivered is is really what his main strength is right now. It's yeah. using his head and using his experience. And it just so happens that the Buccaneers just don't have the personnel to combat that well. 
And everyone was talking up the the Bucks defense, but yeah, like I said, they have a strong defense. But yeah. it's it, it they have a strong defense when it comes to attacking the quarterback, and that's just simply not what Drew Brees had to do. Their aggressiveness uh, uh, hurt them on penalties as well. Yes, a couple of penalties yeah. uh, cost them. Um, and then the Sunday nighter, Ravens Patriots. Ravens favored by seven, and the total is forty three. I think seven is light. Yeah, I think that seven. It's dependent on what type of Patriots. You know, their their team is going to kind of be all up in shambles with a lot of questionables. Uh, Julian Edelman still might most likely out, but Nikhil Harry might come back due to a concussion. Um, Damian Harris, their starting running back of the past few weeks, is questionable with a rib injury, and Sony Michelle, their former lead running back, is potentially returning from injury reserve. So they have a lot of up and down things, and the Ravens have been struggling offensively. The Patriots haven't been great. I just don't see how a Ravens-Patriots primetime game isn't a close one. Like, I know the Patriots haven't been the same Patriots, but it's going to have to be somewhat close, right? You you hope that they, that it can be a fun game at, at the very least. Um, I'm going to go Ravens more than seven. Uh Total really depends on the play of Lamar Jackson, although inconsistent. I think 43 is fair. Uh, probably Ravens and over. Yeah, but I, the over is going to be tough, mm-hmm. and the Ravens probably win, but I'm not sure if I have any strong feelings on this one. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last game of the week, uh, Monday Nighter, Vikings, Bears, three and a half, or three... Or three points is what the Vikings are favored by. 43.5 points is the total spread. So I'm extremely confident more than any game that the underdog is going to win here. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. What are your thoughts on this? Dalvin Cook has looked like the best running back in the league, but I do see Chicago getting out of their little funk here, um, maybe taking a game. But um, seeing as the, the poor quarterbacking um of this game. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's why I'm fairly confident in the Bears. They've been excellent against pure running backs the past few weeks. Derrick Henry had a poor game last week. Mm -hmm. Alvin Kamara rushing the ball didn't play well against them. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL. Mm -hmm. The Vikings have one of the, if not the worst, passing defense Mm -hmm. in the NFL. Their secondary is super inexperienced. They don't have a lot of ability on that side of the ball. The Bears just lost David Montgomery, their best running back, and they don't really have a solid backup. They're going to be passing the ball constantly against a team with no secondary. Mm -hmm. And yes, Nick Foles has been up and down, but sometimes he shows flashes of brilliance. And with Allen Robinson being one of the best receivers in the NFL, Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller both stepping up, and Jimmy Graham being a solid tight end target this season— I just think that the Bears' passing game will destroy, which is their strength offensively, mm-hmm. will destroy the Vikings' defense, which is their weakness in mm-hmm. the secondary. Other way, the Vikings' strength offensively is a running game, and the Bears' defense's strength is a running game. So that nullifies each way, and I just see the Bears winning this one at home, primetime game, defense shows up, passing game does enough, Bears with the upset. Yeah, and there was uh, another upset last night between the, the Colts and the Titans. Yeah, well, call it an upset. I actually, first of all, the, the Colts were favored by a point. 
Oh, sorry. And I picked the Colts to win. Whether that put makes mm-hmm. me smart or not, I picked the Colts to win. Well, it makes you smart because they won. The Colts did win. Yes, but I also had picked yeah. the under though. Unfortunately, yeah, didn't. No one, no one really looked good on the Titans side. Or... Yeah, it's great. It's the league that I care the most about. Uh, the guy had Derrick Henry and AJ Brown. Oh, Derrick Henry chilling. having a horrible game and AJ Brown having the worst game he's had all season. It was a really nice relief. Because yeah. he had traded for Derrick Henry this week in kind of a lopsided bad trade that I got mad at the commissioner for accepting. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Ryan, you deserve to lose this week. And thankfully, he might. I I thought the Titans kicker, or punter rather, uh, was Third had, a, string had a little bit of a sad story. So here's the thing. The first one that shanked punt that went 17 yards... His fault. His fault. Yeah. The second one not blocked punt, <laughs> not his fault. You see... The Colts, being very smart, were just like, this kicker is rattled. Let's just send the house, and hopefully he gets so rattled that he'll shank it. And Obviously, the kick got blocked, but it's only because he had shanked the previous one that the Colts had the audacity and the confidence to rush the whole team to get that blocked punt. And it worked. And honestly, without that blocked punt, I would have won the bet. But it's fine. Yeah. Um, wait, so you pick Colts and under? Colts and under, and it would have oh, been under okay. if that last touchdown didn't happen. Either way, but it is you're, you're still smart for picking. So, survivor picks. Close. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go... What did we do last week? I don't really remember. I don't remember what we did to fantasy players either. We have to start writing this stuff down. We, we really We're going to write this stuff down. So, this week, we'll start keeping track. But, I let's do survivor pick I first. I went Steelers last week. Okay, so then I, I I don't really remember what I did, to be honest with you. You want to do a hard reset? Let's just do a hard reset. Hard reset on any, anything. Everyone is available, so I feel like fantasy player of the week doesn't really matter for for writing it down. Yeah, no. Well, uh, yeah, we, we, we want to know yeah. how we did. We should write it down. We do want to know how we did. Let's so did. first things first, we'll do survivor pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had mentioned you want to do the Packers. You want to do the Packers? Yeah, I'm going to go Packers. Okay, so I'm going to go with... Whew, this is a tough one because I don't really want to go... Uh, I can go, really go Steelers. No, it's fine. I was thinking Steelers. I'm going to go Ravens. You're going to go Ravens. I'm going to go Ravens. I don't despite, think the Patriots are Despite your, well. your questioning a minute ago. Well, I, I think the game's going to be close. I just don't see how the, the Ravens lose it. So you heard it here. We got the Packers for me and the Ravens for Matthew. Now, last things last. Fantasy player of the week. Who was leading the league in fantasy points this week, Josh? This this is always the one that I need the most time to look at. Um, I might be slightly considering Aaron Rodgers just for the the two for one kind of deal, but might want to spread it out a little. Okay, if you're bit. taking your time, I'm gonna call my shot then. Yeah, Kyler Murray. I was also considering Kyler Murray, That's but why I, I, I think it. I think I was considering Kyler Murray as well last week. I am gonna go. You know what? Let's just have a QB battle in one game. Josh I'll take Josh Allen. Allen That's just be fun. just for the fun of it. Yeah. Um, and whoever has more points, uh, regardless of if they have the most points of the week. Moral of the story: pick the over. Yeah. So Josh Allen for me, Kyler Murray for Matthew. Any interesting fantasy dilemmas? Uh, not too much. I've just been, you know, I won all three of my leagues last week. All three of my leagues are in playoff contention, which is funny because you're in one league and you're not. Mm-hmm. Not trying to, you know, throw it out there. But yes, I have three leagues all in the playoff picture, all above 500, all doing well. So no complaints for me. I am now 3-6 and six after a last week win. I won off of the Jacoby Myers catch. 
Um, That's so funny. (laughs) Last week. It was insane. And I traded Wolf Fuller to my opponent, uh, who also went off. So he was quite upset with the loss. Um, Egal, if you're listening to this, um, hope you know that I'm happy that I won. Absolutely. Anyway, this has been Money Lines and And Throwing throwing dimes. Dimes. We'll see you next week. Peace.